0: Hey, man, who's that cat coming down the street? I don't know, but it sounds to me like that whiffed man with the bone. Sure, having himself a ball. Hey, I'm really excited about tonight. Uh, welcoming our very special guest, Jordan Ballard, who now is the new head basketball coach at Desert Vista High School. Uh, pleasure. And, Jordan, I want you to know uh, – I put off Eric Musselman to be on our podcast tonight <laughs> for you. And, then, and why Eric Musselman will be here next week and will, will say, you know, coach, put me off for a week. But, but that's a true story. I'm excited. You know, I've known Eric for a long time. I'm excited to talk to you about this and wanted to get this out for you. So uh, just, uh, just to let you know, you, Eric Musselman took the backseat to you. The head coach well, I, of Desert Vista. I so. appreciate that. He's
1: quite the coach. He is, he's he's got quite the resume. So uh, hopefully, I'll a- ab- be mentioned in his name again sometime.
0: Absolutely. So, hey, uh, Jordan, I wanna I wanna Hi. get uh, uh, for myself and, and uh, the people that are listening, kind of a a, a brief background of you uh, played uh, for your dad at Mount Point High School, and then uh, why don't you take it from there? I know you went to NAU. Uh, just kind of briefly where you went and then ending up as an assistant coach in Michigan. So uh, why don't you go ahead and take that from there?
1: Uh, well, again, coach, I appreciate you having me on here. Um, definitely. Like I said, uh, I played for my dad over at Mountain Point High School. I was fortunate enough to uh, play varsity for four years. I actually started out on the JV team and uh, through some fortunes of, um, you know, then needing a guy or two, I was able to get moved up and ended up making it a four year run on the varsity team and, Played my freshman year at Northern Arizona University uh, for Coach Mike Adris and was on a really good team there. Uh, I got to meet some really good guys, guys I'm still friends with today. Went all the way to the Big Sky Championship game, uh, lost uh, to Eastern Washington University up at Cheney, Washington. Had a lead at halftime. I remember sitting there thinking, like, I'm going to get a ring. You know, we're going to go be the 16th seed in the NCAA tournament and play Syracuse. You know, and I was I was really looking forward to that. (laughs) Uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to hold on, but um, I had a great experience there. Um, I needed to transfer after that. Uh, wasn't, um, you know, I, I just wasn't working out between uh, the coach and I and my academics. I, you know, I just needed to focus in on that a little bit more. So I made the decision to go to South Mountain Community College and play for Coach Dan Nichols. And I was on a really good team there. And we went to, um, to all the way to the national tournament. We lost to the eventual uh, national champion Brown Mackey College from Kansas. Um, And they were very loaded. And then after that, I uh, spent my next season at Minot State University in North Dakota. Um, But then when I came home, I I joined my dad's staff at Mountain Point for a year or two, I believe. Um, But then I actually took over at Camelbeck High School, the freshman team there. That was my first head coaching job was Camelbeck High School freshman Uh uh, because I was working there on campus. Uh, And I really enjoyed that. I learned a lot from that. I really enjoyed working with those kids. Um, and from there I started the Arizona legends semi pro team uh, with goals. We wanted to make it to the ABA. You know, we had a sponsor, uh, with, a lot of things are working in our favor to, to make that happen. I um, had some great, great talent on that team. You know, Ira Brown oh. who played at Gonzaga, who has been playing in Japan what feels like for 20 years now uh, oh. playing over there. Uh, he, you know, he was one of the guys, Travis Um uh, just, just to name a few. We had some talented guys. We had a good run there. And, Played against all the junior colleges out here. Uh, played against, uh, you know, the, the renowned prep schools uh, like West Wind Prep, to name That's one. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. uh, yeah, so we played uh, a, lot of, a lot of teams around uh, the West Coast as well. We played ABA teams from California, Las Vegas. Um, you know, we went to Las Vegas and got a chance to play against uh, Stefan Marbury's team at the time. Uh, he wasn't actually there, but his team was there training, and we got to play a couple games with them. And we split with them, went one on one, and I thought that was rather successful because uh, they Absolutely. were pros awesome and they were good, and um, you know. And I had a good group of guys, and we had a great trip. And um, you know, after that, I think I was, I think my dad thought I was ready to you know make the next step and he asked me to join his staff at mason community college and it was honestly kind of hard to step away from the arizona legends because i had put everything i had into it you know my own Absolutely. money um, you know time and effort um, how, but it was time did,
0: to- i'm sure how old were you when you were the coach at arizona easy uh, legends uh,
1: that was i was still young i was probably 26 27 years old
0: okay wow okay
1: uh, yeah and it was you know it was really because I just wanted to keep playing and I, I wanted to play at a high level is really why that started um, wow. you know, I, I didn't I didn't like just going to LA Fitness or you know playing at the Y I, I wanted to put together a team and play against other colleges I saw that there were some groups still doing that and I thought well I know some pretty talented guys you know why don't we do that yeah. and uh, we actually we actually were able to we had some good success and teams really liked playing with us and we liked traveling and hanging out together and it was just a good experience and um, you know, oh. they kind of kind of made me, that's when I think I realized that I, I think I can be a good coach because you know I, I had a team of guys who were anywhere from 24 to 31 years old mm-hmm. uh, couldn't pay them a whole bunch um, you know offered them very little we all packed in cars and drove places and you know we had practices three times a week and sometimes we' play three or four games a week and yet I still got those guys to buy in they, they listened to what I was trying to do. They ran the plays, they, they ran our, our system, our schemes, um, you know, they really bought in. And I thought, well, if these guys can do that, you know, if they believe in me like that, you know, cause they were better basketball players than I was. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, maybe, you know, maybe I'll, I'll be a decent coach. Maybe this is, uh, something that, I, you know, I can really get my hands on and and get to work on it and, and see what I can make yeah. of it.
0: Now you were completely in tr- control of the program, right? At, at, yes, age, at age 26. So that, that answers, uh, that answers uh, a lot of questions for me uh, Of because you're so farther advanced uh, than, than anybody else that, that would have the experience that you have, considering being a camelback, you know what I mean, a camelback head coach. And it was your experience with the legends. Like you said, coaching those guys, they were a talented team, and we played against you guys. And to do that at age 26 uh, is not easy. For anybody to do so, so yeah, I commend you for that. And that uh, uh, is that when you realize that you want to be a, a basketball coach full time.
1: It is, it is, and you know I joke with my dad all the time when I when I played for my dad. You know it, it's tough to be a coach's son, and it's just because you just want to be the best. You want to you want to make him proud and you know plus you see that it's coaching 24 7 you know he it felt like he never took a break and so i really had no desire to be a coach when i was in high school when i was younger mm-hmm. i i did not want to be a coach i was one of those kids at that thought i would play basketball forever um mm-hmm. you know my first word was ball like we said and uh-huh. and you know i just that's something i've always <laughs> thought i was going to do was just play forever um, but you know as you get older obviously the body breaks down you can't do things uh the way you used to and um, you know, the games start getting, you know, not as competitive, the men's leagues and they're just not as fun. And you, you want to, if you're, if you're a competitor, uh, which I am, you want to compete at the highest level at all times. And, um, it's more fun that way. And uh-huh. coaching, I realized I learned too, especially with the legends that you're competing just as hard as the players are. Um, uh, you know, you're walking the sidelines, you're constantly thinking about the next play strategies, um, you know, it's, it's a competition in its own right, you know, to, to want to outcoach the other coach over there, whether he's your friend of yours or not. Yeah. Um, and I really enjoyed that. I, I really didn't know that coaching was as competitive as competitive as it was
0: until I started really doing it. And I, I just fell in love with it. And, and that's a tremendous, uh, uh, accomplishment for you to, to be coaching these older, uh, talented players that, that still had dreams to be, uh, you know, play pro in Europe uh, things like that and they're putting their future in your hands at age 26 uh, you've know, got commendables for you to uh, and you probably didn't even realize that at the time but but that's what they were doing and and again uh, you know those are building blocks blocks and, and building the foundation for you uh, to where you are now so so after you, you're assisting your dad at mountain Point uh, so take it your coaching from there
1: Yes, yeah, so I was coaching. I have been at Mountain Point, started the Legends, and then, like I said, he we were sitting around a family dinner one day, and I, I was always kind of hoping he was going to ask me to join his staff. You know, it had been about uh, four years or five years that he had been at MCC, and uh, you know, I, I really wanted to to coach in Mesa. I wanted to coach in college. I wanted to coach with my dad again, and oh, uh, we were just having a family dinner, and he he brought up the idea, and that you know, was a uh, no brainer for me. It was what I wanted to do and uh, I got right to work the, the very first day that I was uh, on campus with him, and I, I think he really liked that about me, was that, uh, you know, if you, you've been around, Coach, you know, you get some coaches that are a little tentative, or they're, maybe they're a little nervous, they stand off to the side a whole lot, uh-huh. you know, he used to call me and Josh Kaczynski as Bulldogs, because we get uh-huh. out there start coaching, you know, we used to joke that if some a scout walked in, he wouldn't know who the head coach was, uh, uh-huh. because we'd all be, be out there active and doing so much, and uh, the fact that he gave me that freedom to do that you know i wasn't scared to coach i wasn't scared to voice an opinion i wasn't scared to voice a suggestion mm-hmm. i think a lot of head coaches you know they don't give their assistant coaches freedom and i really you know always thank my dad for that you know he let us yeah. coach and that's a that's a big deal and Absolutely. Uh, we, you know, we got to we got groomed and we we got to learn how to coach um, you know by mistakes and by success by being out on the floor every day. So I spent uh, five years with my dad, and we had some good success there, won the region, uh, won the Fiesta Bowl Junior College shootout twice. Uh, that was a great tournament over the holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was time for me to go to Michigan. His, uh, his, one of his top assistants for years, Coach Josh Kaczynski, is from Michigan, and he uh, got the job at Jackson College, which is a D2 junior college in, in uh, Jackson, Michigan very nice campus. You know, it's a D one. It's actually like an NAIE campus is really what it is. You know, full dorms, cafeteria, amazing, amazing place. Great scenery. Um, He got the job there and he'd asked me if I'd go be his top assistant. And uh, you know, I obviously ran it by my dad and we talked about it and, We both agreed that, um, you know, getting out of maybe my dad's shadows for a year or two or or whatever it was going to be was good for me to kind of branch out and to to start creating my own name and identity in the coaching world. And Uh um, I I packed up my stuff and we hopped uh, in my car. And within 30 hours, we were Uh in Jackson, Michigan, ready to take the next step. Um, Uh I I had a good experience there. Uh, You know, administration can be tough sometimes no matter where you go and, um, you know, but other, other than that, you know, we had a great run, uh, COVID-19 obviously put a stop to that, to our last year there. Um, so they canceled our season and that's how I ended up at Desert Vista. I was actually in town just visiting. I, I packed a suitcase for 30 days Thought I haven't been home in two years. Let me go visit my parents. And, uh, like I said, I had a 30 day play ticket and came down and I think I was here for five days. I got a call from him. And he said that uh, Desert Vista wanted to hire me as their next basketball coach. And obviously, I, I think he's joking, you know, because I went uh, to Mountain Point as a rival. That's obviously nice. a random phone call. You know, that's just <laughs> the most random thing I think I've ever heard. And uh, <laughs> sure enough, he said they're going to be calling me. And they did. And I was hired that day, or it might have been the next day, after speaking with Tommy Eubanks, the AD, and uh, the AD, who, the current AD now, David Klecka. And, uh, you know, that was on a Friday, and the season started on Monday. So, there wow. wasn't a lot of time to get prepared. I didn't have time to go back to Michigan and get all my coaching stuff, uh, you know, dress clothes. I had none of that. I was, I coached wow. last year at Desert Vista out of a suitcase, really. Wow. Um, you know, I mean, I had to go buy stuff that I needed, I had to make shift with some stuff that I had and, uh, you know, made it happen. And I had a great experience. Um, you know, they, they made it as the, the interim head coach status. And uh, they did tell me that. They said, you know, when the season's over, we'll have you formally interview and all that. And so I went through that process back in May and uh, was offered the, the full-time position and, and took it. Obviously, I'm happy. I'm looking forward to the success we're going to have at Desert Vista.
0: Absolutely. That's a, that's a, that's a great story. Uh, uh, now, uh, a, couple, a couple things. The first thing, uh, along your journey uh, to being named the head coach at Desert Vista, Who's had the biggest influence on you as a coach? And it cannot be your dad. You have to pick somebody other than your your father uh, that has had the the most influence on you on coaching.
1: I I think it's a mix of guys, honestly. Um, You know, I, I, I watch basketball all the time. You know, when there's no college basketball on, it's I don't really know what to do with myself and i am constantly reading about guys. I like to attend practices, uh, whether it's going to ASU or going to U of a grand Canyon uh, other, you know, junior colleges. When I was in Michigan, I had the chance to go see Michigan practice and Michigan State practice. Wow, you know, and I had a notepad wow. and a pen, and and I really wasn't writing down drills. I was more writing, you know, how they handled themselves, how are they interacting with their players, how are they, you know, how why do these guys respect them so much? Why are they getting these guys to buy in that are you mm-hmm. know future lottery picks? And I was really studying that. I really wanted to know how do you get a guy like you know McDonald's All American to, you know, run the offense and be the teammate that he needs to be for your program to be successful. And mm-hmm. So it's really just a culmination of coaches. You know, I was fortunate enough when I was with my dad that he always had a good staff too. Um, you know, Josh Kaczynski, who I mentioned before, is like a, a brother to me. And he's kind of like a, like a life mentor. You know, he's, a, he, he's always looked out for me. And, um, you know, and, and we obviously have the same philosophies when it comes to X's and O's. Um, but, you know, he's just such a, the way he leads by example, the way he lives his life, how hard he works. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he'd have to be, if it wasn't my dad, you know, I'd have to say Josh Kaczynski, you know, but then I spent a lot of time with Coach Yuri over the years, obviously because he coached my dad and then he was at my high school practices at MCC practices. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's a legend, you know, he's a legend in its own right. He, he's been, yeah. he coached an Olympic team at one point. So, um, you know, just getting to spend time with guys like that, talk to guys like that. I think that's been the biggest influences on, on my coaching
0: career. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, for someone that really knows uh, Jordan Ballard, how would they describe you uh, in the future as being a head coach? Uh, I know you're intense, but, but what would be the, the common thread that someone would say, tell me what Jordan Ballard Ballard's like as a head coach? Is he, is he X and O's guy, defensive-minded, offensive-minded? And again, I know you're really intense. I mean, you can, people listening to this can tell uh, by by your, your, how <laughs> you're excited you are. You know, you're you're an intense individual, and, and which which is fantastic. Uh, so, why don't you tell us how they would describe you as a head coach? Again, I think they know, would describe you know. me. I think, definitely think they would describe me
1: as a as an X's and O's, more of an offensive minded guy. Um, you know, again, I, I speak about my dad and how he was the defensive master, um, but I just was never, you know, I never found that I'm not a great teacher of defense. I know how it's supposed to be played, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I can put guys in the right position, but my dad had a way of teaching defense, um, whereas me, I think I was blessed with the ability to see things before they happen. Uh, that might sound a little ludicrous to some people, but, um, you know, after you know, we could, run a, we could play a game for 20 minutes and I could probably tell you what the defense is going to do or how they're going to react you know, after we've run certain things. So counters, you know, X and O's, quick hitters are, are probably what I'd say are my specialty. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, my player, I, th- I believe I, they tell you I'm a player's coach. You know, I, I'm okay with guys, you know, failing. What I'm not okay with is them not attempting to fail, you know. So right. if you're tentative or scared, you know, to shoot or make a mistake, That you know, we can't have that. You know, I'm okay with you making a mistake because if it's an effort mistake, you know, if it's within what we are trying to do. You you won't come out for that. We're not going to get on you for that. You know, we'll Mm -hmm. applaud your effort to get back on D and make up for it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I definitely am intense. I think what a lot of people may not see because they're not there at practice every day or or in the huddles is uh, I really care for my kids. You know, I really I I love these kids and it's 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 only been a year and a half. And, um, you know, I really care about these kids as people. And I think uh, my group would tell you that now, especially if you were had the chance to talk to my kids right now, I think they would tell you that. Uh, I always, I always try to and practice by telling them I love them uh, because, you know, again, I don't think they'll run through a brick wall for you if they know you wouldn't do it for them. Absolutely. So I think you know, I try to lead that by example that I'll, you know, I'll fight just as hard for them as they fight for me. And uh, so I think, you know, we're building something special over there and I, I think it has to do with, uh, you know, my, my relationship with my players and, and how we get along, and how we interact, and, and how hard we coach them. But then we also remind them that, you know, hey, I love you.
0: Right. And, and, and you know, uh, Jordan, that's something that a coach cannot fake. Uh, these Whether the kids 15, 13, 14, 16, they know if the coach is being true to them. And, and so absolutely, uh, you know, you, you guys know that about you, or they wouldn't respond to you like they do. Uh, and uh, that's a big lesson for people out there that uh, we have a lot of people that are going to be listening to this that want to get into coaching and are in coaching at the a lower level. And, you know, that's the, that's to me, the, the, you know, my, my mentors, that was their number one thing. The players loved them to death. Uh, and, you know, we talked about flip signers and, you know, I asked Kevin Wilson, who's uh, my mentor, You know, what made Flip such a great NBA coach? Empathy and heart. That was it. Nothing about basketball. Uh, And and, uh, it's so important. And that's what the legendary movement is all about. And that's why you're on the podcast, by the way. So uh, it's it's (laughs) great. I I can't wait to see you guys uh, in action. Starting. So with that being said, tell me, uh, you know, we talked about this a little bit before, uh, the culture, the basketball culture of Desert Vista. The success, uh, you know, I moved to Arizona in 91. Desert Vista has always been, in my mind, top three program in the state, large school. You know, tell me uh, what uh, the Ballard-run Desert Vista program is going to be like, the basketball culture there. Uh, have you thought about that yet? Or, or uh, you know, uh, I'm sure you have a game plan. How are you going to go about uh, uh, introducing that to your players?
1: Well, let me uh, preface it by I was just reading an article about Chris Beard, who, you know, is the new coach at Texas now. And um, he started, you know, at at smaller schools and worked his way up. And they said the one thing about him is he didn't care where he was. He went in there with the expectation to win. And I feel like that's exactly how I went into this. You know, I I didn't you know, they I got there last year and we were all juniors. A bunch of kids had departed for prep schools and things like that. You know, we would have had a. Another state championship caliber team probably would have won it again had everybody stayed. And when everybody left, when, when Coach Crump left, you know, everyone was telling me, well, we're just not going to be very good. You know, you're not going to win. Um, you know, even people on, on the campus were saying that. And I just kind of looked at him like, no, it's, it's unacceptable. This is Desert Vista. And, uh, whether you have juniors or seniors or even if you have freshmen, you know, in my mind, we're going to win. And uh, I've always approached it that way. It might be a little egotistical, um, but I don't mean it that way. It's just confident, confident in my ability, confident uh, trying to spread that on to my players and making them confident. And uh, we were, you know, we had a successful season, all things considering. And uh, last year, it was hard to really instill, you know, a lot of our program values. Because, like I said, I got the job on a Friday. We started on right. Friday. These kids didn't know me. I didn't know them. Um, right. So I couldn't walk in there and just, you know, start throwing chairs and kicking <laughs> basketballs, and oh, this yeah. is how it's going to be, because I don't think they would have responded to that, you know, I don't know yeah. much about Coach or how he coached, and I knew I wasn't him, and I, and I don't want to be him, no no, no, no offense to him, you know, I'm just, I'm Coach Jordan Ballard, and uh, this is how, the way, how I do it, and, um, you know, after, after spending time with the kids, you know, we, we gelled rather quickly, I think they realized that. I was like you said, intense, but you know, that I did have an idea of what I was talking about and that I did believe that we could still win. And um, you know, we went through the typical ups and downs that most teams went through last year. You know, we had to sit out 10 days because of COVID in the middle of our season, we ended up playing four game weeks uh, to end the season. And one of those weeks was against three top 10 ranked teams. And we Mm -hmm. had to win two of those games and we did, uh, you know, to make the playoffs. So, uh, I'm very proud of my kids for how they played last year, how they responded to all the adversity. I, I got to give them a lot of credit for, for how last season went. Um, I think anything, anytime we lost or we didn't play well, you know, that's my responsibility. I just didn't have us prepared enough. And, you know, COVID or no COVID, you know, I, I learned from that and I want to get better from that uh, mm-hmm. this year. Obviously we, we shouldn't have too many four game weeks and we'll be able to watch more game film and prepare. Um, but really the, the, You know, the the kind of culture we want to build is that we're going to get after it you know, that we're going we're gonna to play hard all the time. You know, every drill that we do in practice is competitive. Everything is about, you know, I hate to say winning because, you know, life's not all about winning. But, you know, when you're competing for 32 minutes in a basketball game, that's really all that matters. And you want to compete your butt off. I just talked to my guys on Thursday at our last open gym, and he said at the end of this season, you know, if we're crying because we didn't want to stay championship, I want it to be because we gave everything we had, not because we regret not working hard enough. And I think that's the kind of culture we're instilling uh, into our program over
0: at Desert Vista. Absolutely, and, and um, again, you can just hear it in your voice—the uh, uh, confidence and the excitement—and uh, you know, in my my opinion, you can't even count what last year because yet you know what I mean. The circumstances. This is your, in my mind, your start Desert Vista basketball program now, which is which is exciting because uh now it's the Jordan Ballard show. Uh and one thing uh I was really impressed with is going through your school's website. And this is this is unusual. I haven't seen a whole lot of this. It it's uh, all college uh preparing kids for college, not just students with the NCAA thing you have set up there. Why don't you uh, uh you go ahead and talk about that because that is an appealing thing for people Uh, Looking to go to Desert Vista, you know, they're a junior high school. It seems like you guys are on top of that.
1: Yeah, I got to give a lot of credit to the administration. Um, You know, they really, uh, every, every group on campus is successful and renowned in its own way. I mean, you know, speech and debate probably has the most banners in the gym. Um, And that and that's not because the athletics programs aren't good. You know, we uh, athletics has won national championships in track, Um, you know, state championships in basketball, football, baseball, softball. Every sport band is renowned every year. Cross country is really good. Uh, But, you know, then you have groups on campus um, that are put together and very well run, uh, very, very into how the kids are going to be prepared for for high school uh, and beyond in college and getting them successful for life. Um, They they know that even in athletics that that's going to end at some point and being a student is first and foremost. And uh, the teachers, you know, I'm a a full-time sub there. I I teach there every day, and I've spent time in pretty much every subject. And the way the teachers have the classes laid out, the way the kids are responding to them, uh, there's very, very few discipline issues. I haven't had any. The, the kids are, are really good. A lot of credit goes out to them. But I think it's a lot of the curriculum, the way it's set up. You know, uh, it's set up for them to succeed. And, um, you, know, and it's, you know, some kids struggle with that or it's different for some kids. But, um, you know, it's always set for these kids to succeed. And I, you got to find that very commendable. And uh, everyone's real supportive. You walk around campus, everyone's saying, hi, coach. And whether they're athletes or not. You know, teachers are the same way. They're always wearing their Desert Vista stuff on Fridays. It's just, it's a, honestly, it's like a college atmosphere. It's, It's got that kind of vibe to it. It's mm. it's you walk around and the band's playing in the morning. Um, you know, there's just always something going on. There, there's very, there's always some sort of social interaction at lunch. You know, I think they have DJs, uh, you know, on Thursdays and Fridays at lunch. And it's just not your typical high school campus. And I didn't have that when I was in high school. I don't uh-huh. know if that's a new thing. I'm not sure if other high schools are doing that. Um, uh-huh. But I can honestly tell you right now the the first day that I walked on campus with students, which was this year, um, I was blown away. And, uh, you know, I see the, the people are smiling. They're talking all the time. They're, they're having a good time. Security's you know, fist bumping kids as they're walking by. I mean, there's just such a good mix uh you know all the way from the janitors to the principal of the school you know everyone's included everyone's appreciated and it's it's hard not to really enjoy going to work every day at a place like that
0: Uh uh-huh um you know when i when i looked at the website that's exactly how how it looked to me like it was a it was a college uh administration atmosphere you know I, i i've seen some four-year schools that aren't as organized as Desert Vista High School. Now, I don't know about the other schools, high schools in Arizona, but I have not seen anything like Desert Vista uh, like that. I mean, even better than most junior colleges I've seen, uh, which which is a great opportunity, again, for you, uh, because I expect to see a lot of college players coming out of your program. And that's one thing (laughs) that – pardon me?
1: Oh, I so said, that's definitely, that's definitely the plan. Um, we've been fortunate enough to, to have quite a few schools. Uh, you know, we had Duquesne university in the gym, uh, last week, we've had Arizona Christian had William Jessup. So, you know, there's, there's uh, which is in California. There's uh, schools very interested in our players and, uh, they're constantly calling and emailing and they want to know more. And they're setting up times to come visit us and, and watch us practice. And so it's, um, it's just really exciting you know and uh we really appreciate that i know it's always funny we we joke because you know when a college coach is sitting in their practices and and the pickup game seemed to be a little bit more (laughs) intense that day so i think i was gonna hire someone to just start wearing a different shirt every day (laughs) (laughs) that's funny that's a
0: good idea you Uh, know going
1: back to going back to dv though i wanted to mention too they also did a great job of hiring they hired some really great coaches on all sports you know they got ty wisdom Uh, who's now the football coach, Audra Slemmer, who's another Mountain Point alum. We went to school together. She's now the volleyball coach, doing great things there. Uh, Coach Herrera, who just got hired as the baseball coach. He's an amazing guy. Just met him. Um, You know, the funny thing is all these coaches, they all tie back to my dad somehow. They all know him or, you know, they all have a story. So it's, um, you know, I just, like I said, I enjoy sitting in the office with these coaches all day long and, um, you know, just telling stories
0: and picking each other's brains. It's just, uh, it's a great place to be. Mm -hmm. You know, first of all, you know that your dad's a legend. So everybody <laughs> knows him. But but when I uh, we'll talk a little bit about your dad, when I was was going through and figuring out his records and awards that he's gotten, I mean, what a remarkable career he's had. Uh, Hall of Fame, Arizona Coaches Hall of Fame, all the coaches of the year and and all that. I couldn't even fit them all on I sent out for the press release for the podcast. But with that being said, Jordan, uh, do you feel uh, any being his son now, your head coach?
1: You know, I, I don't really feel pressure. I know that people expect um, expect certain things because of the name. Uh, when we coached together, I, I had coaches call, or players and coaches really call me Coach Jordan because he's the Coach Ballard, um, mm-hmm. you know, especially being his assistant. You know, I was just Coach J or Coach B. Um, but you know, he's the coach Ballard. I think the one thing about my dad that maybe a lot of people don't know is that he's, you know, he's letting me do it, you know, like the way that I, that I'd like to do it. Like, I don't have to be him, you know, I don't have to mm. chase any record that he's got or, mm. um, you know, try to, there's no competition between him and I. I know he wants to see me succeed. And as his son, I want to succeed. I want to, I want to make him proud. I want to make my mother mm. proud. Um, you know, I know that I'd like to, win a state championship. I know it's one thing in high school that uh, mountain point, I never got to do as a player. And so I'd really like to win one and, and take that big trophy over to him and walk it over uh-huh. to him and let him up because, you know, that's like, yeah. that's a goal of mine, you know, and that's something I'm going to work for. Yeah. And uh, because he didn't get to do it as a coach, uh, you know, at mountain point uh, and at camelback that, you know, if, if I can do that for him, I think that's the that's the only pressure that I feel, and that's because I put mm-hmm. that on myself, not mm-hmm. because there's any outside influence or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I know people joke about the spread offense all the time; <laughs> they uh-huh. they don't want me to run the spread offense, and you know I, I I laugh with them, but that's because it was successful against whatever team they were rooting for at the time. So, uh-huh. um, but we did incorporate <laughs> that into our system. Um, you know, we 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 found a way to use it, and I have explosive guards, and um, you know I, I like to take uh, what I learned from him. And also what I took from other coaches and also what I just kind of, you know, developed over time and try to mash it all together and, and turn it into a, you know, a successful program. And I, Mm -hmm. I think we're off to a good start. I really like what uh, we're going to be able to run and the kind of pieces we have to run this stuff. And um, I know my dad's going to give me advice when I need it. He's also, last year he came to a bunch of games and he, he told me I was doing a good job. And, uh, you know, for those who are competing in sports to have your dad tell you good job that.
0: That goes a long, long way. Absolutely. Sure does. Um, why want to you talk about your staff a little bit uh, so we get to know who your staff is?
1: Definitely. I have uh, Coach Skylar Hood. Uh, As my assistant on varsity, he played for my dad at Mesa Community College. Uh, He's another Arizona local guy. Uh, He played for my dad over there for about three years. He was a head coach in California for a couple years. I I can't remember the exact name of the school, uh, but he was a head coach over there for two years. He was an assistant at Graceland University, and uh, now he's part of our staff. I also have Josh Rosenbaum on the varsity staff. He was a uh, he's my dad's student teacher back at Calvec High School and ended up being an assistant coach went with them to Mountain Point. Uh, he's been like in my family since I can remember. Uh, yeah. he's just a he's a great great uh, community relations guy. He's just he always keeps it light, you know, as you mentioned I can be intense and um, you know, he always finds a way to, to crack a smile or to make a kid crack a smile and uh, those mm. little those little invaluables that you have to have. So I'm really happy for him. Uh, coach of the JV team is Carter Ab. He played at Benedictine University. Uh, he was a kid I recruited out of high school when I was at Mesa. He was a state player of the year in 3A, I believe it was, at Combs High School. Um, obviously, he made a pretty good decision by by getting a full scholarship to Benedictine. So I, I we joke about that all the time. I still think he should have picked us, but hey, you win some, you lose some. Uh, yeah. But he's an excellent young coach. I, I overachieved with him. Um, you know, he's going to be a head coach at the varsity level and beyond, uh, you know, in, a, in less than a few years because he's just an excellent coach. Uh, joining him is coach, uh, coach K on the JV team, Coach Ernie. And uh, he's another guy that played at Benedictine. They're teammates and good friends. And he's just another really, really good young coach. I and mean, I swear, I think both are probably 24 or younger. Uh, but they're seasoned and, and uh, experienced beyond their years. And then a buddy of mine, Jason Carr, is coaching the freshman team. He was on the great Shadow Mountain High School teams in Arizona with Mike Bibby, uh, won, a, won a championship, uh, teammates with him, uh, backup point guard. So he didn't play a whole lot. Obviously, he didn't get a whole lot of shine. Huh. You know, Mike Bibby was in front of him. So that's understandable. Um, yeah. But just another great guy. I really love how he teaches the game. He, he's breaking it down. I mean, they're, they're doing stuff that you'd see at camp, uh, stuff that I think a lot of coaches don't want to spend time on doing. Um, you know, inside foot, uh, you know, how to deflect a pass with your uh, inside hand, you'll palm out, little things like that. He's breaking it down for them, the basics, so that by the time they get to varsity, um, you know, we can get to, um, you know, the more advanced stuff. And so I really appreciate what he's doing. And I just really like these guys there. Again, I've overachieved with my staff. My dad told me that going into this, having a staff that you can rely on and uh, that you can trust and these guys know what they're doing is, is probably the most important thing. And um, I just got lucky, and I am I'm, I'm super happy with my staff. And uh, you know, I wish I could pay these guys more. You know how that goes. Um, they're they're definitely worth more than what they're getting.
0: It, it sounds like you got a college staff put together. Yeah, I
1: I, I, you know, I I kind of feel that way. I do. And we sit there and we talk shop, and uh, they're all film junkies. They're all basketball junkies. Uh, they're all guys with ambition in the game too. Mm-hmm. There's you know, there's really no one here just to do it, to put on a DV shirt. Everybody's here to try to, to put these kids in the best position to be successful. I think the one thing I left out is that they're all really good people. They are really good people. These kids will get better from just being around them. Uh, Whether it's better at basketball or just, you know, being better people They're they're going to learn so much from these guys and, I you know I need them there. Uh, they were there with me this summer when we played in big tournaments um, on the varsity level, and it was great to look down the bench and have four or five guys that I can trust and that have my back just as much as I have theirs.
0: That's got to be the largest staff in Arizona. Yeah, five assistants, <laughs> right? I mean, I, you know,
1: I've seen I've seen some bigger ones, but uh, yeah, you know, I, you know, granted they they'll, they'll be a big staff for varsity games, but they, you know, these guys are also double dipping right. by coaching the JV and freshman teams
0: right well that's great for you so, so uh in practice uh why do you uh first of all walk us through uh a, uh a, a, not a typical but a, pra- a a two-hour practice under coach ballard of desert vista kind of b- before the season starts getting ready for the season uh if you wouldn't mind doing that uh just kind of like 45 minutes on this whatever and then uh how involved do you uh because one of the problems, if you have a lot of assistants, some head coaches don't want their assistants doing anything. They, they want them standing around. They want to be in charge of everything. And that I know, never seen you coach, but I know that you are not like that. Why don't you talk about your assistants and their involvement? You know, kind of what you have them do. Uh, You know what I mean? Yeah, no, definitely. We're, okay. we're I'd like to
1: think of, I learned a lot of organizational value from my father, you know, and uh, one of those things was having a practice plan every day. And then, you know, as I played in college, I noticed every coach had a practice plan and uh, you know, kids players were always trying to look at it and see what we're doing next. Um, mm. But, you know, I, I put together a practice plan every day, whether it's open gym or, you know, it's a full on practice. And, um, you know, if I could break down, you know, I could tell you about Mondays, you know, our first day of the year, um, we're, we're going to be good to go. Uh, we try to set it up. Like it's a college environment, you know. We have uh, music playing, so we'll have the music going while the kids are warming up. Um, You know, something they're listening to. I usually let them make the playlist, and we'll have them warm up. And then, as soon as it's time to start, we'll do a dynamic stretch. You know, we'll have them get you know loose and properly stretched and, and warmed up to go to go at a high level immediately. Uh, We'll spend about 15 to 20 minutes every day doing specialties. So, you know, big guys will be working on post moves, you know, skeleton and then going against a defender, uh, moving it out to 15 feet, you know, where they're catching and shooting their jab, step, pump, fake, you know, dribble, spin, dribble, fake, spin, uh, drop, step, things like that, constantly trying to build their repertoire. Uh, and then put them on different parts of the court because you know how it can be. Sometimes big guys just get stuck in the post and then when it's time for them to step out and shoot a jump shot or make a move, which you you're yelling at them to do, but they've never had any time to practice it. So Ooh. we try to, to put them in positions where they're going to be, um, you know, doing these things that they work on in practice and there'll be a coach or two down there. Uh, All my coaches are involved. They all have the practice plan. We talk about it beforehand and we go over who's going to be, you know, doing what. And, uh, you know, I spend a lot of time going back and forth so that I catch, I can catch, you know, both groups. And then with the guards, we'll have them do ball handling. Uh, We'll have them do, you know, a lot of inside foot catching. You know, a lot of kids these days, they, they have really bad feet. So you really want them yeah. to catch and slow down, catch and see the defender, um, you know, recognize, am I catch to shoot? in a moment? Am I open? Am I covered? You know, how to make a play, how to not be in a hurry, how to read screens. We work a lot on that because within our offense, there's a lot of movement and we want to make the right cuts and decisions. So we spend a lot of that time so we use specialties for that. And then we'll move on to our, our defensive segment. Uh, so, you know, right now I, I just watched Kentucky. Uh, they had like a pro day, and I really liked this four-on-four four shell drill that they had where they started basically at the three-quarter court, and the guy was, you know, defended on ball, and they got after it, and then it pretty much goes into a shell after that, like a four-on-four four shell. So we started mm-hmm. instilling that in our open gym, and uh, we should be, you know, pretty seasoned at it now to start Monday, so we'll get after that. Uh, we're going to be a, a rather up-tempo style team this year, so we're going to work on our individual defense, full court, um, how to locate immediately after the ball goes in the ba- in the basket. Um, you know how to get back and locate things like that. Um, we have. Uh, You know, spend a lot of time on free throws. I know a lot of coaches don't like to do that, but um, I feel that's still an important part of the game. And, um, you know, it's got to be done because these kids don't necessarily do it as much as they should on their own. Um, So then we'll move on to our team offense. Um, You know, we'll go in two groups. So we'll show everybody, you know, what we're going to be working on that day. And then we'll split it up because I I really hate a bunch of kids standing around. You know, we only got 15 guys, but I just can't stand, you know, guys standing around. So we'll demonstrate... Then we can turn around and we got two groups going. That's more reps for everybody, too. I'm a firm believer in that. Um, So we want to make sure that everybody. So then, you know, by the time we've done it for 10 minutes, we can go game speed. You know, we're still not going against the defense. It'll be day one. But we want to be able to learn where they're supposed to be, what the reads are, what the options are, and then be able to go full speed, do that. You know, and obviously, as you start including defense and things like that, understanding those reads makes it a little bit easier. Um, You know, and then we'll go into our rebounding. And this is a a big thing that we're going to have to instill this year since we're not a big team. Uh, We're going to have to really stress rebounding. This is going to take all the coaches' involvement. Um, You know, we're going to do two-on-two. So basically what we do is we line up uh, two teams, uh, guys at each elbow, and then uh, two guys underneath the basket, um, you know, straight across from them. And Mm -hmm. uh, they'll basically be teams, you know, white and blue. And each team will be on offense for five minutes, and then each team will be on defense for five minutes. And you get – uh, let's see you get two points for an offensive rebound and one point for a defensive rebound you know and then you switch and you your, your scores accumulate and then you run for whoever you know whoever lost has to run and then we do uh we're going to do this game called dogfight, which is uh basically like three on uh or one-on-one-on-one on one on one, and how you get out is you score three points um but you basically it's it's kind of a physical drill it's a um, it's kind of like a Tom Mizzle would probably like this drill. you know it's guys mm-hmm. just kind of you know using their body, figuring out how to go get a rebound, how to create space, how to hit somebody. Um, and once you get three baskets, you can get out and by the time guys get three baskets, they are exhausted and they're excited to get out and then once one guy gets out, then another guy pops in, so it's constantly three on um, you know three guys in there at at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know by then you know you you're pushing you've had a pretty good competitive practice. Um, guys are, are you know you should be r- rather lathered up you know we're gonna shoot some more free throws uh then we'll go into shooting i think i like to do shooting at the end because that's you know when you're the most tired that's when you you need to work on it you know it's easy to mm-hmm. shoot when you're fresh and you're you know you got young legs and you haven't done anything it's uh will you be able to make a jump shot in the you know the final minute of the game when you've been playing 31 straight minutes or even pressing all game so we'll mm-hmm. go into our shooting routine right there and um, you know my dad showed me a drill that saint mary's college does which is called 73s i believe they do they do a hundred threes in four minutes but basically it's four spots you shoot uh one at one spot for one minute and then you move and you have a passing line and a shooting line shooter gets their own rebounder or rebound you know and then uh their goal is to make 70 uh in that four minutes mm-hmm. and then we'll do a little bit of conditioning this week since it is the first week so we uh then we got backboard slaps lined up for them on uh, Monday. I hope they don't hear this before then, but if they do, well, now they, now they know. Uh, so we'll do that. You know, that's where you just start at the elbow. You run up to the basket, jump as high as you can, slap the backboard. You run backwards to the free throw line then do the same thing over for 40 seconds. Um, you know, and then we'll switch. You know, It's about a minute or two in between. They'll do that, you know, five or six times. You know, it should be, should be a pretty good workout. They should be pretty tired after Monday's workout. Uh, but with all that going on, like I said, it's going to take uh, all my coaches because there's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot going on. Um, you have there's a lot of eyes. You want to make sure everyone's doing it as hard as they're supposed to do. They're competing against themselves, against each other, um, and that takes everybody. So we, I'm glad that I have uh, you know that amount of coaches in the program and uh, that know basketball. And there are also guys that you know will – Hold these kids accountable, and that's a, a huge thing to this. And um, so, you know, we're we're excited. Like I said, though, but we have we have fun in there. I know that sounded like a grind, but like I said, anytime we do shooting drills, we have music playing. Uh, anytime we're shooting free throws, we'll we throw some crowd noise in there to throw them off a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But we do different things and just try to keep it fun and exciting. You know, all mm-hmm. the while they're working hard as they can.
0: It sounds like uh, it sounds like, and, and you know, the music thing it, it, to me, I'm one of the few coaches that ever implemented that that i that i know of so it it surprised me when you said that because i would blast that uh before practice and and at halftime uh you know so it's so important because it gets the guys jacked up as you know it does Uh,
1: yeah yeah i think it scared them last year when i did that i walked in on the first day and they have this pretty cool bluetooth device set up you know basically just plug something into the wall and i connect it to my phone and you know, we got there and they're putting their shoes on. You know, and next thing I know, we had some some Tupac playing. You know, and they're right. they were looking huh. around like, "Oh man, okay." But yeah, I guess kids start bobbing their head a little bit. You know, they start their energy starts to pick up a little bit. They start to get a little bit excited. You know, so absolutely, um, I, I think that definitely plays into you know keeping the kids engaged, keeping them going. Uh, you know, I said keeping it fun, keeping it exciting. So they love making the playlist too. So um, huh.
0: they they have they have fun with that. Yeah. Uh, what. Uh, I asked your dad this. Uh, it's funny. Uh, I'll tell you what he said. But what do you think is your, and this isn't, that, but what's your biggest a- at your, uh, I'll say young age, uh, the thing that you need to work on the most as a coach. Now I asked your dad what the, what his weakness was, but but he's a hall of famer, so I can say that. But for you, <laughs> for you, because you're so young, uh, be, uh, being. Uh, uh, head coach, what do you think you need to work on the most as a head coach?
1: Um, You know, I, I, I will say I have a I have so much to work on. I'm definitely not where I think I'm going to be after you know ten, fifteen, twenty years. Mm-hmm. I, I will say one thing I learned last year quite quickly is that you you can't go into a place. And, you know, just think because you have a system or you have a set of of plays and, you know, the way you want it run, that it's going to be that way. You know, maybe your personnel just doesn't line up to that. Mm -hmm. And so I walked in last year with a certain, you know, playbook and realized after a week that I was trying to get these kids to do that, that maybe it just didn't fit them. And so I retooled it and it actually ended up being real beneficial for them. And we were more, you know, dynamic. We scored it better. They were more open and free and it was more. You know, it it helped them out. And I think that, you know, I I was really encouraged by that, that I wasn't too stubborn or, you know, thought that I knew it all and walked in there and wasn't unwilling to change what I wanted to do because of, you know, the kids that we had. And Mm -hmm. um, so I I think that was that was something I definitely needed to learn. And that was one way to learn it. Uh, A story for you that I I learned was when I was at Mesa, you know, I was uh, pretty much just an extension of my dad and I was uh, fiery and still am. But I remember one day um, I was sitting with a a player, a a starter, a guy who played a lot, Trey Ogles. I still talk to him to this day. He's a great young man. Uh, We were talking one day and and he told me that I I wasn't really well liked by the players. And I I was curious to know why that was. And he said, it's because how you talk to us, coach. He said, you're always it's always, you know, it's always intense and, and, and about this and it's not so much about you know, how you doing today? Or, um, you know, like, Hey, good job. It was just, it was like 100%, hundred miles an hour all the time. And I needed to hear that, you know, I needed to hear that, um, that, you know, they're, they're people treat them and talk to them like they're people. And, you know, don't forget that. And I learned that at a young age and, uh, I've tried to instill that and I mean, it can always get better at that. You know, these are young kids they are going to make mistakes and I'm a, you know, I'm still a fairly young guy. And as I get older, I'm still going to make mistakes. And so, Um, you know, I I think it's just, it's just adapting. I think, um, you know, I have have so much to to get better at. I don't don't know if I'll ever be, you know, the coach that I'd like to be. um, But I think, you know, each time that I realize something and can process it and try to, you know, make sense of why it needs to be that way uh, Mm -hmm. I think will help my career down the road. Um, But, you know, I just, I just want everything to be perfect all the time. I think that's probably Mm -hmm. the biggest thing, you know, I just, you can't move on. So I'll have that practice plan. Like I just, you know, pretty much ran over with you, but we might only get through half of it if I don't like something knowing full well, we need to move on. Um, so I think it's just finding that happy medium where I feel comfortable enough to move on to the next thing and know that we'll you know, recircle back around it the next day at practice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it'd probably be my biggest thing is not to just stew, um, you know, the last, the way the last drill ended or the way the last thing we did ended and, you know, just stay positive and move on to the next drill.
0: Uh, that that's a common common thing for young coaches by the way uh uh the way talking to players they that, that's just a common thing for coaches getting in young coaches but i don't see that I, mean, I i when you told when you said that i'm thinking well i'm sure i don't see that now in you i mean you're completely you know in terms of the way you talk to players so that's, yeah, not even an that's issue.
1: definitely changed because of trey that that i mean i uh-huh. needed to hear that i if he wouldn't have told me that, I, I can't guarantee that, you know, I mean, I, I still think I'd be a head coach now, but I just don't know. You know, I, I truly believe that my players and I, we, you know, I, the other night, when I got it, you know, got after them. They were talking when I was talking at the end of the practice, you know, and we ran for it. Um, oh, yeah. But then immediately when it was done, you know, I'm sitting down with a couple and we're, we're laughing and joking. So, Um, I think, you know, most in most cases like that, kids are they can't wait to get out of the gym and they don't want to be anywhere near the head coach. You know, I'm still surrounded by my guys. And so, you know, they understood why they had to run. They didn't they didn't argue about it. They did it. And, um, you know, they apologized. And that was the end of the story. So Mm -hmm. uh, I think, again, that talk with Trey gives me that ability to get after my guys. But also because I remind them all the time, you know, that I care about them, that I love them. Um, and that we, you know, I talk to him, I see him on campus and I'll ask him how class is going. I'll make a joke with him. Um, you know, just try to keep it as light as possible. I think I'm, uh, I've really, that might've been the, one of the biggest things for, for me in my career so far.
0: Mm. You know, uh, your dad told me his, uh, it took him, a, it took him a lot to, uh, to uh, come up with this. His weakness was to stick with the, uh, his, pra- his practice plans. Because he said his assistants would get so frustrated with him because he would continually go over. The, and it's kind of what you just mentioned that you kind of do too. If, if you're supposed to say, spend 10 minutes on something and you're not happy with it, you want to stick with it. Uh, right? And that, your dad told me that was, in his mind, that was his biggest weakness as a coach. That he, he just wanted to, if it wasn't right, he had to keep going until some, one of his assistants would have to tell him, okay, we got to move on. Uh, which I thought was Yeah, I uh, can
1: speak from experience (laughs) on that. As a player, I know we did drills for a lot longer than I thought. We probably should have been. And then as was even his assistant, you know, looking at the practice plan, and we have, you know, 12 minutes laid out for rebounding. And, you know, Coach, (laughs) we've been going at it for 25 minutes now. You know, we need to... That's funny. We need to... to And he did not like to hear that, by the way. He did not want us (laughs) coming. That's cool. We had to move on. But he understood.
0: Yeah, that's funny. What's your... What's your... uh, At this point... In your very uh, young career, what's your biggest strength as a coach, head coach? Would you say? Uh,
1: I think my big my biggest strength is um, I think it's honestly it's just my my ability to show them why we need to do something, and then um, you know why, um, then, it, then it works. You know, it's like I right. try to re like um, you know these kids when they learn something new you know, they don't, they don't understand it. So they're wondering why do we have to do it this way when I've been doing it this way this whole time. Right, so right. whether I, I could demonstrate it for them or, you know, we do it like, well, you know, we practice our quick hitters and practice, you know, and they'll look around the coaches and this isn't, isn't going to work. Um, and then boom, we'll get a quick bucket like that. I think my, right. my strength, the confidence I have in that is the you know I, they look at me and they know that if we're doing this, it's for a reason. Like there's, you uh-huh. know, he believes in it. And so they'll believe in it. And I think that, mm um you know being able to get out there and and like i said instill that confidence in them um you know make them feel comfortable to do that also and also be comfortable to you know, know that they're not going to make every shot. They're gonna they're gonna miss some shots. They're gonna make a turnover, but that that's not going to be. You know, they don't have to worry about that. You know, you've seen it all the time. What happens when a kid makes a mistake? What does he do? He looks over at the bench. Yeah. You know, we we tell our guys all the time: never, never look over at the bench. We know you messed up. It's okay. You know, yeah. don't worry about it. We know you messed yeah. up. You know, you know you messed up. We know you messed up. All right. Let's move on to the next play. You know, if you hit a three, that's great. You still got to get back on D. If you airball it, you know what? You still got to get back on D. So, you know, that's uh, I think just, you know, letting me helping those kids feel comfortable enough to play. You know, it's still a game and play and not Mm -hmm. worry about making mistakes, I think, is uh, is where I feel the most confident in in my Mm -hmm. young career so far.
0: And and I see that. And, you know, right. I see you got that experience. so You can do that. You work with the Arizona Legends, working with those older guys because you had to do that at such a young age, you know, And, and communication is so. I've, had, I've uh, had so many coaches, not who I work for, but I've seen that are so poor communicators, and, and they don't understand what what the problem is. It's because they can't communicate. Uh, and, and you definitely, I see that as a huge strength. You know, I asked your dad that same question, what, his biggest strength, uh, and, and you're going to laugh. It, I swear it took him 30 minutes to come up with something, and, and he, <laughs> he, he's so, he, he still wouldn't come up with anything. He's so humble. You know, it's, it's, it was, it was funny and, and we laughed about it, but, but uh, uh, it, it was just hilarious, but I see, I see Jordan Ballard as a head coach, different than Sam Ballard as a head coach, I'll, just from talking to you on, over, over the podcast. And there's still so many similarities as well. And, and uh, uh, both are going to be highly successful. What, uh, how many threes in your system do you, uh, you got a three point shooting team? Would you say, or you know, uh, we I think I'm,
1: every coach wants to be, um, but you know, then not every team is. Um, right. we, we, you know, last year we didn't have to be, uh, we didn't shoot it great last year, unfortunately. We didn't have a fall program though, you know, like I told you, with the whole getting the job on a Friday starting on the Monday, we had no fall program, we had no time to work with kids. Uh, this year we've had a chance to work with kids. We've had a chance to you know get a lot of reps in, put them through the right stuff, stuff that's within our offense as well. They're not just out there chucking up shots, you know, they're doing stuff within you know that would they would shoot uh, coming off the screen in our in our offense. So we've had a chance to work with them there. And then we're also smaller than we were last year. you know we're we're a little bit undersized, which is fine. you know, there's not too many seven footers walking around you know high school basketball in Arizona. So, I think every team's probably undersized, you know, with the yeah. exception of a handful. Yeah. So, you know, we're not necessarily scared of that, but we do know we need to shoot it better. Um, and I think we need we know that we need our defense needs to create more shots for us. You know, I'm a little bit more um free when it comes to uh, shooting the three. You know, I know a lot of coaches don't like a transition three. I'm talking like a 2 on 1, um uh, but I think if if you if kids know you have confidence in them to shoot that shot, And they'll be confident enough to take it. They'll be confident enough to make it, you know, and Mm I I've I've been known to yell at guys like as they're running down, you know, and they throw it up to a guy who's the three point line. It could be three on one. And I'm yelling at the kid to shoot it. Um, Now, Mm -hmm. is that unorthodox? Probably. But, you know, uh, I think if it's especially if it's your good shooter, you know, if he's highly scouted and, you know, these teams know who you're playing against, you don't get too many looks like that. So mm. I want my best shooters to run to the line, you know, get to your spot. And then if you get a chance to get it off, shoot it, you know, shoot it. And it's okay. Again, we know you're not going to make all of them and you have to accept that. So once they started to accept the fact that they're not going to be hundred percent on the year, you know, they'll start shooting a little bit more relaxed and they'll look for it more. And so we do have to shoot more this year from the outside and we have to make more. From the outside mm-hmm. than we did last year, and mm-hmm. we have to be prepared to turn around and uh, get a you know get a stop and maybe come down and hit another three.
0: Mm-hmm. What? Uh, so so that was that that you got that answer from your dad. Kind of a long. So basically, you're not a three point shooting team or, or coach. Uh,
1: I mean, I would I would think I am a three point shooting coach. Like I would I prefer you know I I think it's not that far. I think it's uh, you know that distance. I think one through five should be able to knock at least one down a game if they're over, right, you know, right. I, I think they should be able to shoot that. And I do, I do stress to, to shoot it more than, um, you know, a lot, a lot of kids, they want to put the ball down immediately. I, my, my, what we teach is that you want to catch it first, see what you're given. Now, if you, if the, if you have enough to get it up in your proper form, like you don't have to you know swing your arms or anything like that, if you can catch it and shoot it in your motion, I think All that's right. a good shot. And so, right. uh, yeah, I would I would say we are a three point shooting team and we're we're coaching we're coaching them
0: to be a three point shooting team. Mm-hmm. OK, uh, basically, you're putting your team in the best position to win a game, regardless of what that that, that is, is what I'm hearing, which is which is fantastic. You know, you're not going to get hung up on uh, you and you've seen the coaches they get hung up on. You know, they think their their uh, motion offense is the best out there and they're going to run that regardless of, of, of what it's going to do in the outco- for the outcome of the game. And what, what I'm hearing from you is you're going to put your team in the best situation, regardless if you, uh, three-point shooting team, spread offense, uh, pound the ball uh, in the paint. Uh, and, and that's a, 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 a tribute to you uh, because again, so young being able to uh, see that uh, vision. Uh, so, what was your biggest strength? What was your best strength as a player?
1: Um you know I was a I was a, I'm a left-handed guy so there's something about us lefties where are I just have like this innate knack to knock the ball down from the outside but um I I always thought I was a really good shooter but uh I really enjoyed passing. I really enjoyed Trying to try to get ten assists was always my goal in a game. I really enjoyed finding my teammates. It might have been a little flashy at times. You know, Pistol Pete was my favorite player. I was like my idol. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, did it get under my, my dad's skin at times or my coach's skins at times? It did, but um, you know, I wasn't wild with it either though. So, mm-hmm. I, I definitely liked passing. I enjoyed you know throwing the Um uh, I wasn't afraid to do it. Um, you know, I, I just really enjoy the crowd's reaction when you throw a really good pass. I think everybody wants to score, um, but there's something about the art of a a really good passer that always just, you know, I always got more enjoyment out of that, um, you know, than putting all my energy and trying to get 20 points a game.
0: And I ask that question uh, because coaches that have played and have been successful players tend to uh, uh, favor their their strength. I, I was curious. Uh, and your dad had a great story about you uh, when you first got to Mount Point. Yeah, and and Julie, uh says that you were a great passer. He put you in uh, for uh, the because he knew you were going to get the ball to the right person and the guy's going to score. And he said that he yeah. probably played uh, <laughs> four minutes against minute <laughs> him. And you were like fifth, fifth in the state in the test or something. It
1: was, it was hilarious. hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was funny. I, wasn't yeah. a a I was, you know, maybe 130 pounds. You know, my uniform was too big for me. And I used to, I remember my favorite thing about that was they didn't have to tell me to go in. I would just say, would be our ball underneath. So I would just, my job was to get up, go check in. So I'd run, go check in. You know, and the guy I'd go check in for, um. Uh, would just stand at the table you know he was basically there just to the next dead ball so like i was always praying that i'd get like a good two minutes in before there was a turnover a foul something no timeouts i just wanted to play uh, so every now and then i got lucky and i'd get i'd get to go up and down a few times but i you know, I was, I was just happy to be on the varsity team like all young kids are. You know, you want to be on the varsity team. And I had a chance to play. And then, like, is our, they, they brought it to my attention. They're like, man, you had five assists that game. I, was like, I think I played two minutes total.
0: <laughs> That's uh, funny. So, I,
1: you know, that started to pick up on that.
0: That's funny. Okay, here, here's a question for you. Off the wall question. Did your mom and dad name you after?
1: That is uh <laughs> part of that story is true. Correct uh, my mom is from France and she they this is what they told me. Now I guess my doctor, <laughs> her doctor at the time, her doctor, um, you know, when she was pregnant with me was uh they named their son Jordan and she really liked the name. Uh but they would uh back then, uh when she would fly to and from France, they always stopped in Chicago. Now I'm born in nineteen eighty four. That's Michael Jordan's rookie year. Um so there was Michael Jordan stuff at all the all the, you know, the shops in the airport and all around Chicago, you know, there's, she just kept seeing the name, Jordan, Jordan, Jordan. So uh, to a certain extent, yes, I was named after Michael Jordan.
0: Uh, no, I didn't know. <laughs> I, I'm actually shocked. Uh, I wasn't going to ask you that, by the way. I said, you know, say it, no, there's no way. And, and for you to answer that, uh, is, it, it, uh, now I'm glad I asked you. I don't know how, I don't know how many people know that about you. But, uh, yeah, I don't
1: think too many people I don't think, obviously they never really assumed it. Um, but yeah. And I remember growing up, I mean, I was always getting, I, you know, I had Jordans as a little kid. Every time my mom yeah. would, or my dad would go to that coach's clinic in Vegas. You know, my mom would always go to the Nike store and she'd come back with some, you know, Michael Jordan product just because uh-huh. you know it had the logo and my name on it. So I, I always appreciated that. So, you know, he makes a pretty good, pretty good stuff. So, uh, Absolutely. I never, 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 ever wanted my name to be something else. I've <laughs> always liked the name Jordan, and um, I think it's synonymous with basketball. I know that's not because of me, but um, you know, I just, I just, some about it. So I really, I thank them. I, I've heard some of the names my dad wanted to use, and I'm so glad they went with Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I love it.
0: Speaking of that, do you guys, does Desert Vista? I don't how the the shoe uh, sponsorships work with high schools in, in Arizona. Do you guys have a, you know, uh, what w- does the school have a? Uh, a sponsorship with the shoe company or is it a district or how does that work in Arizona? Uh,
1: I'm, I believe it's uh, the district, you know, and the school has a, you know, a, a say in it. Uh, right now we're uh, currently affiliated with Under Armour. And yeah. I honestly, I got to tell you, I've never been an Under Armour guy. I just, it just never really appealed to me. I, I didn't mm. own anything Under Armour until I got to DV and mm. uh, it's really starting to grow on me um yeah i know that they football has been interested in changing to jordan brand i'm not against that either mm-hmm. um but you know um what i will say is uh you know they, they they provide us with some really good stuff the kids are outfitted in uh really nice uniforms uh mm-hmm. the under armor stuff we have coming for this year is is really nice the stuff we were able to get for this summer for our coaches because again we had a whole new staff who owned no desert vista gear and pretty much mm-hmm. no under Armour gear and, uh, they they definitely hooked us up and our under armor rep uh his name is Luke he's been phenomenal and um you know i i'm totally fine with under armor i hope they're listening to this if they want to throw yes. us a few more a few more items i'd be okay set <laughs> um but yeah i mean like i said uh you know anybody who's who um you know, likes to take care of us, and um, you know, is a good fit for us and our program, and um, you know, we'll, we'll always entertain that. But uh, you know, to give Under Armour props, uh, they've definitely you know took a non-believer and turned him into a believer.
0: That's great, and and to all the the people that that George just addressed, get on the bandwagon right now before <laughs> before it's too late. So just a little uh, advice to them and. And Coach Ballard, I want to thank you so much uh, for, for being on our uh, podcast. Uh, it's been a, a wild ride for me. I feel like I just went through a four-hour practice. Uh, <laughs> listen to you, the intensity, uh, and uh, just, just phenomenal. And, and I'm going to uh, invite you uh, to uh, the Basketball Coaches Network website to blog uh, periodically during your season to, to give us updates, you know, uh, write out what happened. Uh, Could have been a game or practice or uh, a week. Please please do that. Uh, You can shoot me the email. I'll post it up on the website. So everybody else can kind of follow your progress uh, on your uh, podcast uh, to your schedule so people know when you guys are playing as well. And Coach, you got anything else you want to say before we uh, uh, cut off here?
1: I just want to say thank you. I mean, I definitely would love to – to let everyone know how we're doing, um, you know, a couple of our games will be live streamed um, this year as part of some primetime events. So we'll definitely get you the links for that if anybody's interested in watching. Uh, Coach, if you're ever um, in Phoenix, I'd love to have you come be a, a guest speaker at our, our practice or before a game in the locker room. I'd love to. You know, I'd, and I'm looking forward to you know following the podcast throughout the year and listening to the other other amazing coaches. Uh, I really appreciate this opportunity. Uh, that you gave me and enjoyed, you know, having a chance to talk.
0: Hey, uh, again,
1: thanks again, Coach, and I look forward to being part of, uh, you know, your programs in the future and anything else you have going on.
0: Perfect, uh, Coach Ballinger, and yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Hey, man, who's that cat coming down the street? I don't know, but it sounds to me like that this man with the bone. Sure, having himself a ball. Mm.